a strong man is somebody who's able to stand up strong spiritually where you recognize that that you have a lord you have a a, a king okay um and then you you operate in that way to where when temptation comes in in the form of a you know a woman coming into your camp or in the form of false teaching coming into your church or whatnot you're able to stand up because i'd be worried about yourself why you still be doubting you got a soul like you need to see to believe these things but you believe things that you've never seen like feelings and hopes and dreams the future emotions and gravity and sadly everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy and i got something to say i got something to say i got something to say to the world Welcome to the Milk and Meat Podcast. I'm Andrew and I have my brother here, Pastor Jeremy. Hey. And this is actually part two of our discussion on biblical masculinity. So if you didn't get a chance to check the first one out, please go check it out and then visit with us on this one. God bless you guys. Biblical men. Biblical men are not macho men. No, they're not. But biblical men are strong men. They're tempered. Uh, For example, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy um, the description of men and women in general. well, specifically, but here's here's the here's the role or the expectation for men, at least tending to their in church mm-hmm. behavior or their standards. First Timothy chapter two verse eight to fifteen. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and dissension. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. This this is a description of how men and women should behave in the church. And he's given a specific so that Timothy could teach this back to his congregation and show them what they should expect. Uh, George uh, Knight uh, in... In the pastoral epistles, it's a commentary on the Greek text. He said, just as Christian men needed to be warned that their interest in vigor and discussion should not produce strife and dissension, so Christian women needed to be warned that their interest in beauty and adornment should not produce immodesty and mm-hmm. indiscretion. That's a wonderful um, reference because there are different things that are going to attract people. There are different things that are going to be vices and temptations for individuals. And usually predominantly, um, not for the feminine men that we see nowadays, men that are doing makeup and tutorials and dressing and trying to adorn themselves like a woman. We're talking about just in general. Um, Usually there is that combative, that competitive yeah. nature. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in a feminine man, but I'm saying in, in general, men are very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how they are, even in the animal kingdom. Um, and women are, are very prone to, to bring in or to bring out the beauty of things, mm-hmm. uh, to, to come in and, and, and just 
groom things, mm-hmm. um, to, to tend to them in that way. Um, and they could do it to themselves. You know, they're just, they're just prone to that. Right. So in the same way, the, the, the warning and the command is men don't be so caught up in what you know and, and who's what, so that you become aggressive and argumentative. Mm-hmm. And then you, you pray with spite in your heart mm. and women don't, be obsessed with yourselves, trying yeah. to overemphasize what is seen. Sure. Instead, decorate the in, inward parts right. of the heart because that's what godly women of old would do. Mm-hmm. They would have that humble spirit that grows for the glory of God. So we see that there's a reason that those were the two things referenced mm-hmm. uh, within the church that that Paul wanted Timothy to make sure he teaches. Like He wanted for the women to have a special uh, instruction because Mm -hmm. of those were their tendencies. And he wanted the men to have a special instruction because those were their tendencies. If if we just flip the roles, then there's no reason to even make distinctions like that. Distinctions like that are made because they need to be made. Mm -hmm. Those sorts of specific statements to specific groups of people, they either mean something or nothing. And since we know the Word of God doesn't make mistakes or make silly, needless statements, Mm -hmm. there is a reason that those were the references. Um, And we need to be able to understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't understand how somebody can stand by the Word of God and say, this is God's Word, I'm going to preach it, and then think that there is no such thing as gender roles. There's Mm -hmm. no distinction between a man and a woman. There is. There is a distinction. Um, Uh, Andy Stanley, uh, the stuff that he's been proclaiming is... Very, very unfortunate. Yeah. But we're, you know, you, I think we were talking about before the podcast, we were talking about, you know, how do you get to that point where you're you're saying the Old Testament is not needed? Mm-hmm. You're saying that uh, um, that they're, it's okay to be transgender, the whole thing like that. You know, how do you get to that point? And I, I would, I would worry, and, and maybe I would, I would assume that, a lack of true, deep, expositional Bible teaching of how we got the Bible, why we have the Bible, um, maybe that adds to somebody leading that way. Because because North Point Church North Point Church was started out of a out of the disagreement with his father mm-hmm. Charles Stanley, and so it started off of in a in, in a sense in a in a bad light that way. Um, but you got to think like it comes down to the it comes down to the individual man ultimately, because you can have the best father ever, you could have the best pastor ever, and you can still go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's a for sure thing. Like, you know, our kids aren't aren't um a hundred percent guaranteed to be awesome Christians, you know, as much as we try and disciple and teach and and lead them that way, that's not, I mean, you know, most likely it will happen, but that's not for sure. It's not guaranteed to us. Uh, but I still do wonder how Andy could get to a spot where it's, where he would say, well, he told the church uh, that we should be ashamed of how we've, you know, been. And now, uh, granted, some people are there having issues with are they a man or are they a woman? Mm-hmm. Some churches have definitely acted unbiblical to them in a in a shunning form or a, a kicking them out or publicly disgracing them. Yeah. That's not right. That's not right. But 
But the fact of the matter is, is Andy is bending to culture rather than to the Word of God. And that makes sense. If he's wanting to cut, actually, the Old Testament out, then the Word don't mean as much as it means to us, Yeah, to him. So, yeah. That's sad, a sad story right there. Yeah, and that's a that's a popular church in that area, too. Yeah. So that means a lot of people got their eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And when someone has their eyes on something, they're going to be getting their food or their information from there, yeah. from, a, from a position that seems like to be in a position of authority. Anybody that's elevated in a pulpit, anybody that has any sort of social kind of magnet, social mm-hmm. media magnet, that means people are looking into it. And yeah. if they're getting their ideas from this, and someone holds up a Bible and says it, this is going to become their view of a Christian idea or a biblical idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, leads so many people in that direction. Ephesians five twenty two to 33. This is mm-hmm. a section that I think is important to go into, so we'll touch on it. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head mm-hmm. of the church he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Mm -hmm. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Hmm. There is a specific reason that roles... And responsibilities can't just be mixed and matched because Valuable. because God is the one that actually identifies the role with the actual responsibility and with how it references to Christ, mm-hmm. how it references to the entire work of salvation and sanctification and the relationship between Jesus Christ and his people, the church. Right. That's not interchangeable. Jesus can't become the church and the church becomes Jesus. Right. And the roles can't be switched either because they specifically reference to those things. So even though we have lives that we live and Christ is invisible and we know that, however, that doesn't mean that we can just do whatever we want with this life and, and label it however we want and change the meanings and definitions of everything. Cults do that. You know, mm-hmm. cults change the definition of salvation, change the definition of born again. Yep. They, they they do that so people can use the same terminology with different meanings and stay stuck thinking they're on the same yeah. path as, as others. So there's like a trickery there. Well, that, that uh, we, you know, we were talking about Andy Stanley um, and how close he is, right? How, mm-hmm. how right he is on something. You, you had mentioned earlier before the podcast about if you were to take 
little clips of what he says. It sounds good. Yeah. But then you look at the full message and you're like, what in the world was that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there was a Puritan, can't remember his name, but there was a Puritan that said one time that um, the most uh, the, the, the most evil trickery is those who are so close but yet off because it looks right and it seems right. Mm-hmm. But it's just enough poison to to lead you off, you yeah. know, lead you astray. And he says that's the that's the the, the biggest one. That's the yeah. problem right there. Is when you see a, a heretic that um, is a blatant heretic, and it's like obvious, mm-hmm. it's it's not as easy to be deceived. But if you see somebody who's so close, but yet off. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like it's like some churches where the idea is they won't teach it that it's good uh, to you know tr- uh, go into transgenderism or to change mm-hmm. genders or flip them or pretend that the gender roles are non-existent or malleable, like you said. Um, and yet they'll say, "But we know that those that are doing it are still fine. We mm-hmm. need to welcome them as appropriate and." Uh, don't try to call them to repentance because there's nothing to repent of. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't agree, we know that you know God receives them too. That idea um, is disastrous yeah. because it's like some of these churches could be teaching really well scripturally. Mm-hmm. And because they partner up with that idea, they'll support it by saying they won't call them to repentance now everything they're teaching is in question yeah. um or or they're just leading people that are biblically sound in that way mm-hmm. to agree with biblically unsound concepts yeah. and it's like that just shows that they're not willing to stand on the word and to receive the persecution yeah i think what's important is christians need to be ready and expecting to be persecuted mm. they're not gonna be received by everyone Mm -hmm. why are we still trying so hard to have everyone like what we say and to to kind of to to tend to those needs that society seems to have society has this desire to be approved and applauded the the word of god does not applaud society it doesn't applaud the decisions or the views or the spirit of the age but christians out of their desire to be welcomed continue to do that it's like oh who was it um which church was it in in revelation um that was believing in false teachers um, pergamus was it pergamus pergamus or uh, thyatira they both were doing that um hold on pergamus is where they were letting false teaching in the nicolaitans and yeah well we have we have thyatira um they were welcoming they were tolerant of false teachers mm-hmm. um they were tolerant of Jezebel a great false teacher yeah. or the, the spirit of that yeah. that's what they're speaking about um it says in what is it uh revelation chapter 2 verses 18 and on and to the angel of the church in Thyatira is it Thyatira Thyatira um, write the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are 
like burnished bronze, says this, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Mm. So they were tolerating a false teacher uh, who was actually impacting the church yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And uh, the church before them, you said Smyrna, they were uh, the uh, Pergamum. Uh, Pergamus. Per- Pergamus? Yeah, there's two names for it, Pergamus or Pergamum. Okay. Same uh, thing, though. Well, Pergamum, uh, in verse 12 of the same chapter 2, says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamum write, The one who has a sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, mm-hmm. and you hold fast my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, mm-hmm. who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of immorality. So there's those that welcomed the teaching and Mm -hmm. were affected by the influences of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was those that were just tolerating false teachers in general. So it's like every single church needs to take this to heart. What are we tolerating that isn't right? And how are we being affected in our own understanding and conduct by external teachings that are in disagreement with the word of God. Anything that disagrees with the word of God is to be just marked as that's not it. That ain't right. People aren't doing that with something as important as gender. If manhood is lived out in its fullness, we will take on our roles. We will Mm -hmm. do what we're supposed to do. We'll take care of our families. We'll take care of our church. We'll take care of responsibilities. We'll be a good partner to our wives when we have a wife. We'll be a good father. All these terms that specifically relate to a man will be able to be fleshed out correctly. Mm -hmm. When that is subdued to the idea that I don't have to be the father, my wife can be the father. Mm. You can't do that. Mm -mm. Um, And yet that's still the case. That's what's happening nowadays. And you can be persecuted. You can be mistreated. You can be penalized. You can be killed like Antipas. Publicly saying that you can't do that. Yeah. Do you know how Antipas died? No, I don't. Horrible, horrible way. He died in, in the brass bowl. So that's where they oh. made a brass uh, bull that was hollowed out, and uh, they have a, a doorway at the belly, and so then they stuff him up in it, latch the doorway, light a fire underneath him, and he boils in his own oils. Uh, there's tubes out the nostrils of the bull that you see the steam come out. It was just men think of the most cruel, wicked ways to kill people, but that was that was you know Antipas. But you know you, you brought up Pergamus. Uh, or Pergamum, either way you say it, um, the the issue of men being weak is all through that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's disputed, but the name Pergamus or Pergamum, um, this is a disputed uh, theological debate, but uh, some, some say that it's a mixture of two Greek words, and it's the Greek word for pers- uh, uh, perverted or pervasive um, and monogamous. Um, or monogamy, mm-hmm. so it's a perverted monogamy, uh, unholy union, um, because they were letting stuff come into the church. The doctrines of the Nicolaitans were saying that sexual immorality was done away with with the law. Yeah, and 
so they were leading people into all sorts of stuff. Uh, Balak and Balaam, you know, that was that whole story from the Old Testament where um, the king um, was trying to get the prophet to curse Israel, right? And the prophet was like, uh, he kept trying, but he was, the Lord wasn't letting him do it, right? Um, and so instead of him cursing Israel, he tells the king, well, what you need to do is get your women of your of your town all gussied up and send them to the men mm-hmm. in the camp. So again, if those Israelite men would have been strong in the Lord men, it wouldn't have been as, as effective as it was because yeah, they, they did. They infiltrated and then they started getting them to worship their false gods and that whole thing happened, you know. Yeah, they started intermarrying and all that, so. it's But it all comes down to the man. Like, yeah. if you're weak spiritually... That's what I'm talking about. So I want to I want to throw off the table this macho man stuff because that is that is goofy. That is not even biblical. That's that's not a thing. A strong man is somebody who's able to stand up strong spiritually where you recognize that that you have a lord. You have a a, a king, okay? Um and then you you operate in that way to where when temptation comes in in the form of a, you know, a woman coming into your camp or in the form of false teaching coming into your church or whatnot, you're able to stand up with love because we've gone through that a bunch of times. Right? Yeah. Love has to be that component in that. Um, if you don't have that component, you're going to abuse your masculinity. But if you do have the love component, it's going to operate as God has intended. Because mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. Um, I know that there probably could be maybe some guys out there that are atheistic or whatnot that are good husbands and good fathers maybe i doubt it kind of but maybe um but i know for sure that a a man who stands up for the bible trusts in god um realizes his own need for repentance i i guarantee that that guy is going to be a a good husband good father good servant in the church good employee Mm -hmm. okay the same idea goes for capitalism I believe that if you operate in capitalism without Christianity, you get greed and cruelty and leads to destruction ultimately. Mm-hmm. In a true Christian society is where capitalism is amazing. That's a society where you, you, um, you're a strong, uh, forceful, driven man with responsibility, but yet your drive doesn't run over your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Your drive doesn't take from those who are less, um, you know, less wealthy as you or less, you know, capable as you. Actually, you as a driven man watch out for everybody else. But at the same time, you have that drive of capitalism to where you are, you're creating, you're doing, you're moving, and you're you're operating, but it's not at the expense mm-hmm. of another person. And I think yeah. that's that's a strong man in capitalism, but it comes down to the man. It comes down to, you know, you're either going to be a bad one or a good one. Which one are you going to be? I don't think there's any sidelines to masculinity or to manhood. I don't think there's a. Well, I'm going to be a vanilla man. I'm going to be mediocre. Or, <laughs> or, you know, I think it's either bad or good. Like, yeah, because if you're mediocre, you're bad. <laughs> that's yeah, that's how I would say it. Sure. Yeah, if we're lazy or complacent or sloth yeah. and any of our responsibilities, we're not doing them well. Yeah, and just just repent and and get up and 
pray about it and move again. You know, keep going. Yeah, play the man. Yeah, play the man. Have you seen the clip from Michael Tate's church, Transformation Church? No. Um, you mean Mike Todd? Mike Todd. Yeah, oh, I said Tate, yeah. but I meant I meant Todd. God decided male and female. I, no, no, no. I'm not. This is not a bad. I need y'all to hear my heart on this. This is not a bashing. This is not. A, he. If I was there, maybe I would have told him, is there something in the middle you could do? Like kind of a, like a little maybe if somebody. Well, I was born like this. I don't know how I feel. I feel you. And I wish that there was an option of other in the kingdom. In culture, you can make up whatever you want to. In culture, you can build whatever you want to. But it's the truth of the matter is that if we are going to submit under what the king says, I'm going to have to wrestle with what I don't even fully understand. Oh, God, the pastors don't say this because they want to be absolute. Well, why did that? I don't freaking know. I know, honestly, I wish God would have made it so much simpler and it was like A, B, C, or D, like frick. No, I'm serious. As a pastor, like, so what do you think about gay men? I don't know. But I do know in the kingdom. They're going to cancel me. In the I'm not the king. I don't, I don't know why he decided to do it like this. I don't know why you're wrestling like that, and I don't know what to do to help you but to stand with you and pray with you and not, and you're welcome at Transformation Church. Trans is in the title, Transformation, you can be here. Oh God. You're what, you're loved here? I want you here. Will I marry you? I, I can't, not because I don't think you found love. Just as a kingdom ambassador, when I look back at the orders that are in the constitution of the kingdom, I know people don't talk like this because they want it to be black and white, but there's some things on this earth I don't have the answers to it. And so when I don't know, I just default. I come sub to the mission. I know people are going to try to make this clickbait and make it something I didn't say. I hope you hear the heart of what I'm saying. I, I wrestle and pray for all type of people all the time. Well, that clip uh, from Mike Todd He's not a Christian um, from everything that we can tell doctrinally, um, the way he handles the word of God, the way he handles the commandments of God, the way he handles himself, the way he handles his church. He's, he's a performer. He's mm -hmm. not a Christian. Uh, there's nothing there that proves that he's a Christian other than the fact that he keeps saying he is mm -hmm. and he has a church, uh, but he's not, he doesn't handle the word at all. 
in a biblical fashion. In fact, he tiptoes a line a lot of things and, and goes overboard in a lot of things and just makes everything in this world as if it's a perfect reflection of what you're supposed to get out of the word, as if mm -hmm. you're just living for this life. And he has a lot of words that he says. And if you listen to a few clips, you might be like, whoa, that was a really positive thing. Like I could take a thousand clips out of that thing we just yeah. listened to yeah. and take that clip in itself and say, that's good. Right. But the whole thought comes down to him concluding with, after that clip, the last thing that he said was, um, it's, so, it's so sad that you feel this way. Uh, we're talking about homosexuals and transgenders, and it's not lining up to the kingdom of God, and that, that must be so sad for you. I'm so sad for you. I wish it wasn't so. Yeah, I wish there was another way. Yeah, instead of saying, the Bible calls that sin. Sin is in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the world. Everyone in the world goes through that in some way, shape, sure. or form. Now, it's not always sexual, but even heterosexuality is mishandled and oh, yeah. fire like driving the yeah. desires of a man and a woman heterosexually in sin. Mm -hmm. Those are very strong feelings and they rule over people's lives. People yeah. are unwilling to wait until marriage, even though they go to church. People are unwilling to go to church because they won't wait until marriage. Mm. Like there's so much driving people's lives that to make such ignorant statements that oppose the Bible and that coddle the people in the congregation or the listening audience as if I'm so sorry that you don't fit in, but you really do and it's okay. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, here's why, not only do your desires, but the desires of the whole human world mm. go against scripture. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful and we are led by our sinful hearts. Yeah. We need to submit our hearts to the word of god in action and not to be told that poor you boo-hoo mm -hmm. for feeling away now for the circumstances and what it might go through yeah there might be some coming in and hemming them in and, and bringing people in yeah. of every walk of life absolutely but the idea that I, I don't know what to say about this i don't know why god did this i wish i wish i wish like to say i wish i wish i wish it's it's like you're already teaching people that god was too severe god yeah. was too yeah. unreasonable you're yeah. you're making statements about god with your statements right. this is not a pastor that's saying he's right he's good he's holy we don't understand some things but we understand his standard and this is why this is not mm -hmm. someone that's in love with scripture this and, isn't someone that's in love with the ideas that god has put forth yeah and we understand even the things that that we have a hard time with right there's things in scripture that are hard to yeah. hear even those things by knowing God, we know that what God does, everything God does is good. Yeah. No matter what, He is the standard that controls good. What mm -hmm. is good? Um, not us. Not our feelings. Not our culture. Not none of that. Not not our moral ther therapeutic deist churches where, you know, it's all about how we how it makes us feel. But again, I think that this is just the natural progression of as churches move slightly at times away from the Bible. Or away from sound teaching, sound discipleship. Yeah. Over time, what you get is this. Yeah. You get things like this, right? Yeah. Where it's just, what is? Remember Shawshank Redemption, that movie? There's a quote in that movie that says, when he broke out of prison, it says, "All it took was pressure and time." Yeah. Right. So I think the the sliding scale of how the church is falling, it seems like, is just that pressure and time where there's just been a little bit knocked off. 
you know, each generation to where then, then now, I mean, who knows what generations after this will look like, what yeah. the church will look like. Will yeah. that be the great apostasy? I don't know. I don't know. It's, but for sure that's, it's, it's not going right. Like, yeah. and so like, I'm praying for God to do a revival and it would need to start in men's hearts. It would need to be uh, a revival of true biblical manhood, but to where we go back to resting in God's word, knowing mm. God's word, praying together in community, um, holding each other up, um, calling each other to repentance, um, being a, a compassionate brother, right? Where you're not you're not causing people to uh, look up to you as I want to be manly like that guy, but you're you're causing uh, the men around you to be better. Yeah. So that's that's biblical manhood yeah. right there. Absolutely. So it's kind of the reversal where we're we're pulling back from sliding down the hill and we yeah. start climbing. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's going to take for large numbers of that, mm-hmm. but uh, but I desire it. I desire for people not to be afraid to live out biblical manhood and masculinity uh instead of making excuses or sob stories or making the world feel like boohoo uh so sad that you don't feel the way you should as if that's the answer like it's just sad Mm -hmm. god was too tough that's the kind of mentality they're doing um mike todd is nobody to take your cues from he's someone to actually steer clear from Mm -hmm. anybody that spends ample time really discovering what the word of god means in its proper context will see that every sermon he comes out with he twists and leads away from the Mm -hmm. actual meaning of scripture and the meaning of god's plan for life and things although there are some statements he makes in the midst of it that are healthy and good and i've seen that as well for example we're we should stand with those who are dealing with that right but but not in the way where we're we're saying, I wish God would have done it differently. It would yeah. have been better if God would have exactly. done it differently. No, that's... He's making yeah. it seem like you got to go stand out there in the rain with them because they're so pitiful. Yeah. Instead of stand with them as you lead them to repent right. of their sinful desires, which yeah. you should have as a Christian have repented of, so you now know and are living in the joy of the Lord yeah. against your own temptations. Because remember, Christians are going to have sinful desires. Yeah. There are Christians that have wives, they love their wives, these men, and they are tempted to Mm -hmm. look or imagine sometimes another woman. And this world is going to bring on more and more temptation. Christians Mm -hmm. know that temptation. They're familiar with it because they've had it for their whole life. And then when they came to Christ, they've now begun to battle against it. Now it is their great enemy, that temptation, that lust, that desire. And they are not wanting someone to come over and say oh poor you right you yeah. feel like looking at other women it's all right i don't know why god's so tough on you i wish like, you would have made it okay yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like that's not it the, no. the desire is hey brother let me help you to not go into that but but that doesn't start with hey you don't believe in christ um here let me help you fight yeah. your sinful desires no, lead them to Christ. Give them the gospel. Yeah. Point to their sin. Point to the cross. Uh, glorify God in your evangelization of the this person, whoever he or she might be. Right. Um, it's it's worrisome because when we don't preach the gospel, we instead try to like bandage wounds without mm-hmm. this, without the balm of Christ. Yeah. We're not fixing anything. Right. We're just creating hypocrites. We're creating yeah. people to come into church 
to feel like they're a part of a church that they're not actually a part of because mm-hmm. you're not part of the body of Christ until you are born again right. by the word and spirit. Like you're not part yet. Mm-hmm. You could be in the church all you want, but if you're not in Christ, you're not part of the church yeah. of God yet. Yeah, so maybe that brings up a good point. The ecclesiology of, of churches like this yeah. where, where it's a, their church service is actually an evangelistic event where, man, I have a struggle with that in Scripture because Scripture seems to, to show that the church is the gathering of the believers yeah. for the worship of God, the edification of each other. It does give a, a caveat about if an unbeliever was to walk into your midst. Yeah. But the un- unbeliever walks in and sees the believers there doing what they're supposed to do biblically. Worshiping God. Right. Yeah. And then he's they're convicted by all, what does it say there? They fall on their knees and yeah. say, God is here. Yeah, God is truly among yeah. you. Yeah. That's, that's what it should be. Yeah, that's how, that's how church evangelism should Instead of church be. turning around to the unbeliever saying, you are here. Yeah. No. God is, the unbeliever should be cut to the heart. Yeah. They shouldn't feel like they just left the world. Oh, and the church accepts the world. Yeah. In the same way that the world is, and we're just going to give happy promises now. No, there, there's a call to repentance and to die to yourself, but it comes with the gospel. It, it, it's it's this wonderful mixture of law and grace yeah. that, that is settled at yeah. the cross of Christ. But that, that I mean, that continued with Mike Todd going, saying that he knows someone that his, hair, his wife was a hairdresser with or something like mm-hmm. that, and they knew a homosexual that was living out their homosexuality that mm-hmm. loved God so much. Yeah, and look, and loved people. It said, "Yeah, it's people. like look, there's a lot of nice people out there, but sure. until you repent from your sin and you realize that it is sin against God, you're not loving God. Right. So there's nobody that's living in their their unabated, unrepented sin yeah. that can claim biblically, right. I love God now. It's like you yeah. hate God, because hating God is what we do when we willfully sin against Him. In fact, yeah. James, First uh, John says, if we say something and we're not doing it, we're Hypocrites, we're lying. The truth is not in us. So we're still God-haters. Yeah, yeah. We're still unrepentant. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we're actively going trying to curse the name of God. But by our actions, mm-hmm. we are still haters of God until we become submissive to his will through faith in Christ. Yeah. And our hearts and minds are being regenerated by the word of God being transformed. And our thinking is transformed. Mm-hmm. And our feeling is transformed. And our desiring is transformed. All of that takes place through the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When that's taking place, we are not going to ask for someone to help us feel better about our sin. Right. We're going to beg for someone to show us our sin so we could repent more quickly and more consistently. Mm-hmm. But Mike Todd here is teaching people to embrace their sin. Yeah. <laughs> that is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing it in the name of Christ. Yeah, That's a false preacher. Yeah. That's a false teacher. That I have a hard time with the, um, I wish God would have done it a different way. Yeah. Like whenever I think I wish God would have done it differently, I, I need to repent. Because <laughs> that is, uh, oh man, that is horrible. His Spurgeon said, you know, if you complain against the weather, you're complaining against God. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the way to look at it. So if that is complaining against God, then how many other things in our life that we're mumbling about or grumbling. Mm. Do everything without grumbling, yeah. says the word of God. Yeah. That means that we're not supposed to complain about how God plans things out. We're supposed to submit and repent and turn toward him in, in, in obedience and faithfulness in all of our circumstances. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. In everything, rejoice. Yeah. 
that's that's a pretty meaningful bold mm-hmm. general statement like in every situation yeah rejoice i've known a handful of guys that have a very small handful of guys that have lived a life like that mm-hmm. where every single situation that they find themselves in they're wondering okay what is god doing right now mm-hmm. you know where is god wanting me to stand where is what is god doing in the hearts of this person or that person or how am i supposed to interact with that person yeah like they look at every single uh event in their life as being something god ordained and Mm -hmm. i think that's an awesome way to live you know it's a peaceful way to live Mm -hmm. Uh, there's been times that i've aimed in that sort of thinking and those have been some of the most most trusting moments that i've recognized in myself Uh, less anxiety less panic mm-hmm. and I'm not consistently at that point but when I get to that point by the grace of God troublesome situations they, they don't hit as painfully sure. it's like the whole demeanor and temperament of that moment for for you is, is better yeah it's like wow what a, what a difference it is to truly intentionally not accidentally but actually trust God mm. in these moments it's like wow what a wonderful life of trusting God in the middle of turmoil and pain and yeah. suffering and unexpected circumstances. Um, but trusting God means we trust what he's done. Yeah. So to bring it back, trust what God made you to be and trust the roles that he's given in his word for us. If we could just trust that God did not mess up, oh, yeah. that God not make a mistake and God was not too severe and God was not careless, then we can trust that our roles do fall in line with who we are and who he yeah. made us to be. And our responsibility is great and it's valuable and mm-hmm. it's God word and it's healthy and it works. Trust Christ yeah. and you will understand that the Bible is not your enemy. Mm. The The unchanged word of God is not too old. It's not outdated. It doesn't need to be adjusted. It may need to be updated in English from the old English, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about the ideas and thoughts need to be updated. No. Um, we can have that. Um, and, and those that don't always find some bone to pick with something in here in his word or something in society and they keep trying to make everyone else change with the times Mm -hmm. but the bible the word of god the truth doesn't change it just keeps getting repeated over and over again if we can trust god in that way what kind of men will be if we're not trying to look for women's role in our life oh yeah what if we're trying to be fully what we are what kind of women will women be yeah. if they're not trying to sur- usurp some other authority? What kind of students, what kind of fathers, what kind of husbands, what kind of wives, what kind of everything will we be who we are mm-hmm. if we just follow the blueprint that God has given us? Uh, it, it'll it'll give us it'll give us peace of mind, peace of heart. I, I totally believe it. Yeah, I, I believe that goes for our giftings too. When we operate in our giftings, oh, absolutely. Uh, it's smooth and it works and you know same way if we operate as men we're men we operate as men it just works and and things will things will change uh with our our belief our repentance and our walking out of christianity our, our life changes you yeah. know and again you know we don't hate anybody that's not the point of this we're not trying to bash anybody that's not what we're trying to do but we what i would assume from our discussion we're trying to call men to biblical manhood mm-hmm. right what is biblical manhood that's what it's been about that's what we've been talking about um biblical biblical manhood you're strong but you're soft mm-hmm. right 
how would how would be a better way to say that? You're you're it's meek. Your strength under oh, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Strength good, under yeah. control. Jesus yeah. was meek. Uh, meek shall inherit the earth. You know, we should we should live out that meekness. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean weak, pathetic. Yeah. Um, that means a strength that's reserved and known how to be controlled properly. Yeah. I yeah. just like uh, Calvin said. I think it was Calvin. You know, there's there's a shepherd has two voices, one oh, for the right. sheep and one for the wolves. Yeah. Um, same voice. Just got to know how to use it for your people and then got to know how to use it for the, the enemy, the wolves. Definitely. So we, we should have that as well in our yeah. lives. We should have that posture that's correct for all situations. And those situations are just expounded through the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more than enough to continue learning for a whole thousand lifetimes oh, through man. God's word. So if we would, we would take that and let his word be our authority, we wouldn't try to continue to... Or is it Photoshop God into what we think he should be? <laughs> uh, we would trust him. And we would live a full life for yeah. the glory and honor of God. Coram Deo. Yeah. Right? Um, all right. I guess I'll see you next time on, <laughs> on Milk and Meat Podcast. God bless you guys. Because I've been worried about your soul. Why you still be down and you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things. But you believe things that you've never seen. The feelings and hopes and dreams. The future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. <laughs>